Welcome to another episode of Sports Ethos Dallas Mavericks Podcast. I'm your host, Lawrence Brooks, here with my super co-host, Corbin Ford, here to break down this Dallas loss. And geez, I mean, thought we would get this one. This one didn't work out either. Now they have a 3-0 deficit. It's not over. You still got to win four. So no matter what, might as well keep fighting until the end. But before we get started, want to let the listeners know there is no such thing as the fantasy offseason, only the pre-draft season. And here at Sports Ethos, the pre-draft season has already begun. Our expert analysis are churning out important lessons learned in draft analysis on incoming rookies so you can get a jump on prep. And we'll have an incredible free agency and summer league coverage as well. But only if you're part of our premium member team. That's the only way this happens. Head to sportsethos.com now and click on the premium tab to grab a fantasy pass today not yesterday not tomorrow today it's only $5.99 we all love to win and this is the edge you need because these guys do a fantastic job of giving you what you need to win that being said Dallas lost 100 to 109 and it was just a matter of shots not falling and I mean I know that's the very that's the most simplest form we can put it in terms of what happened to Dallas but I think it still has to be said. And when you talk about it, this is a team that's built on three-point shooting. They're not built on post touches from a, from a big. They're not predicated on a lot of man movement and body movement where you're manufacturing paint touches by getting in the paint on cuts and back doors, handoffs, and things of that nature. They literally shoot the ball from the three-point line almost half of their attempts. And so this is a big part of what they do. And, and just like the saying goes, live by the three, you die by the three. And now they're down 3-0 because the Golden State Warriors, while they also shoot the three, three ball at a high clip, they're finding other ways to put the ball in the basket at a better rate than the Dallas Mavericks. So Corbin, for you looking at this game, Aside from the fact that they didn't make shots, is there something you felt like they could have done differently? Because I know the roster construction also dictates how they play. But do you feel like they missed the boat on something in this game that they could have done a better job at to capitalize and get a victory? I don't know. Like you said, it feels like a lot of it is just making shots. You know, living by the three, dying by the three is a big thing like Jason Kidd um, brought up. But also, and he brought this up in his post-game presser and something I think is is relevant too, it comes down to the hustle plays. And in this case, none more so prevalent than in rebounding. You know, the Ma- the Mavericks have been out-rebounded. Uh, it's not even been close uh, by the Warriors over this series. And like Kevon Looney, who can grab some boards and has had some monstrous games, uh, you know, we saw his game seven against the Grizzlies, but he's grabbing some. Seth Curry, at least through game three, was leading the entire series in rebounds averaged. Um, for the record, both Thompson, both um, Steph Curry and Clay Thompson also are leading this series in points in the paint. So a lot of this is just a matter of like, listen, Clay Thompson and, and Steph Curry, decently sized, solid athletes, they should not be out-rebounding, you know, the the Dallas Mavericks. That just should not be something that's happening. And so when you have issues like that, you know, Andrew Wiggins, yes, that dunk over Luka was demoralizing, but then right after that, a little bit after, a tip slam. When when that could have easily been prevented had there been Mavericks boxing out. You know, a lot of it comes down to that. And whether it's demoralizing just seeing yourself go down 3-0, whether it's uh, the sense of being overwhelmed by the Warriors' relentless offensive attack, Whatever the case may be, uh, we're not seeing that type of intensity to the boards or to the intangibles in this game that we have at least been used to seeing more or less with this Maverick squad. 
So yeah, oh, that, that's yeah, I was on, I was on mute. I was actually about to ah, the Corbin special. The Corbin special. <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, I switched yeah. over to you today. Nah, um, and no, that's a very good point when you talk about the rebounding. And for me, you look at the, you look at what was going on in this game, and the second chance points was eighteen to four. The Mavericks got beat on the second chance points, which is a direct correlation to the rebounding. And that's another way that I do think that they could, you know, put themselves in position to, to take a game, especially when we're talking about going into game four. That is going to be a non-negotiable. They will have to hustle and play desperate basketball from tip-off to the final buzzer just to give themselves a shot, especially if their shots aren't falling. But going back to what Golden State is doing for a second, I think what Dallas has done a very good job of so far is forcing people into awkward long twos and not allowing teams to score in the restricted area, but right outside of that, making them diff- making the shots difficult and lowering the percentages while taking away the three ball. Well, in this series, that's something they haven't done a good job at at all. The Mavericks, I mean, the uh, Golden State Warriors were 21 of 28 in the restricted area. They're getting to the rim. They're getting dunked. They're getting layups. And a lot of this man movement and body movement is really breaking down what the Mavericks like to do. And we talked about this before the series started about how Golden State does a really good job of having man movement and body movement or ball movement where they do get these easy twos to compensate for the fact that they don't have a traditional post big or or a big man that's going to score in the paint for them. They get in the paint by by moving the ball and players moving without the ball. So if Dallas is going to do anything, they're going to have to stop them. They're going to have to stop them at the rim, which is also problematic because they're, they don't really have a rim protector. So I do think that it comes down to the hustle plays, but they still have to make shots. So for you, is there one particular person that needs to make shots or does this need to be by a committee? I think it has to be by a committee in this one, especially since if one guy's making shots, I think the way the Warriors defense has been so far, it'll be far too easy for them to really focus on that one guy. You know, if you have a setup where you're doing more of what we've seen the Warriors do, you know, in, in I want to say, um, well, game, I think it was game five against the Jazz, but definitely in the latter half of the series against the Suns, where different guys are stepping up and making shots, whether that is a Dorian Finney-Smith game. We talked about this already, a Maxi Kleba game, guys like that. It makes it difficult for the Warriors to really key in. And they're already, they're playing right now within themselves. They don't have to worry about putting Draymond Green on Luka Doncic. Andrew Wiggins doing just fine. You know what I mean? The cross match they've been doing and keeping the guards in check, Jordan Poole comes in, makes the biggest shot of the night. Like, if you have Mavericks step up in those kind of ways, it makes it more unpredictable. It forces Steve Kerr to make adjustments on the fly. And I think that's probably the Mavericks' best chance of at least stealing game four and kind of going at it from there. Because at this point, it's definitely uh, uh, not a sprint. You know, it's definitely going to be a little bit of a marathon in order to get these games back bit by bit, gulp by gulp. So if you can have guys step up and the Mavericks catch fire from three, we've seen them do it. You know, we've seen it happen. All of a sudden, these games become a lot more difficult for the Warriors to keep track of, especially the Mavericks are playing their customary level of defense. Yeah, and with the shot making, I mean, that's that's definitely going to have to happen. And I wonder... What's the level of fatigue that Dorian Finney-Smith and Reggie Bullock are starting to feel? Because this is also something else we talked about before the series started, is the fact that 
because the Golden State Warriors aren't a team that's predicated on ISO basketball where one guy has a ton of usage and he's manufacturing open shots for his teammates, similar to what the Dallas Mavericks do, wonder how that type of engagement on the defensive end was going to affect their ability to knock down shots on offense because looking at this game and even you know you look at game two they've had a ton of good looks but they're knocking they're not going down with the same frequency and i think a little bit of fatigue is setting in so their legs are a little more tired your flick is a little heavier and it's not as clean or it's not as fresh you don't have that same pop in your step on the offensive end so I'm concerned that they might have a little fatigue happening at the at this moment. Is that something you're sensing too when you watch the Mavericks play? Do you think do you feel like you're seeing fatigue because again, they only have they're playing about 7 guys. They have about 3 guys that are in the top, you know, top 6 or 7 in minutes played in the playoffs with mm-hmm. between Finney Smith, Brunson and Bullock and we talked about these heavy minutes that that they were playing and could they stay? Could they continue to, to operate at a high level while still logging such heavy minutes? As you're watching, is this something that you're seeing? Is what do you see fatigue, or or do you just see guys that are just not um, capitalizing on their on their opportunities? I see fatigue most definitely. I think it's coming in both ways. I see it both in the physical, like how they play. You know, not being able to make those second efforts, being these guys that were forced to take so many minutes, finally having some of that maybe catch up to them. You know, we talked about how many minutes Reggie Bullock and um, um, Dorian Finney-Smith had to run. You know, being the wing position, also being relied upon, not just to defend the top offensive players of the other squad, but also to reliably knock down perimeter shots, you know, and playing 42 minutes a night to do so. And playing that at playoff intensity, you know? And so now, yeah, you are in a spot where, that's catching up, but also, and it's unfortunate, but it's also an unfortunate reality situation. You're in a situation where, let's face it, you're, you're down two games to zero. The Warriors, for the most part, for the first quarter, controlled the game. It's mental, too. I think that you see, you know, heads drooping a little bit. The fight is still there, but it's more of like a fight that you know is more like anger than like, oh, we still have a, a fight in this. You know, even... Post game, Lucas saying, Hey, it's so early, it's still young. Like, this is my first conference finals. You know, I'll figure it out in the future. Like, Jason Kidd saying, This has been a win already for our friends. It's like the Mavericks are are looking at it like we're looking at it, which is human nature to do. You know, the NBA thing is 164 and 0 when a team leads three games to zero. The Mavericks know that like anyone else knows that. You know what I mean? They probably think it's curtains as well. Um, probably not the best look to think for a competitor in that instance. They're going to definitely come out and play. But the mindset being like, yeah, we, we effed up. Like, this is it. You know, excuse my French, but like, this is our best opportunity to kind of make this a 2-1 series. And we had to win this game. And now it's a matter of when, not if we are eliminated. So I think that there is, and I'm not saying this is what I believe, but I mean, come on, in the sense of like the idea being that maybe some mental fatigue is also kind of underlying there with the actual physical fatigue of having such a long grueling playoff series two series that went seven games and now one against a Warriors team that has an offensive firepower unlike we've seen the last two series yeah and they have I mean with all that being said they definitely have a lot to be proud about for this season I mean as it stands Mm -hmm. you know they were the fourth seed coming into the playoffs but now you can literally say they were a top four team in the NBA based on the fact that they're one of the last four teams standing. 
So when all the smoke clears, the roster they had, the way they're playing, they've I it, you look at a team like this and you feel like they've maxed out on their potential for the season. I mean, they squeezed every bit of juice out of this roster in terms of how far it could go. And now they've run up against a team that's really just, a, you know, sometimes in the playoffs, styles make fights. Now, obviously, as the as you continue to move forward in the playoffs, you are play, you are playing against, you know, even stiffer competition. But let's say, for instance, the Mavericks didn't face Golden State. They end up facing Phoenix in the Western Conference Finals, a team that they match up with a little better. Maybe this is maybe they're looking a little, you know, maybe this series looks a little different right now, but it is what it is. And so looking forward for game four, obviously shot making is something that's going to be needed. They're going to have to knock down shots because if they don't, Mm -hmm. it's going to it's going to be rough for them to win. But I know we talked about the hustle plays. Is that it for you? Is that the is that the number one thing is they have to make extra effort plays or do you think it's going to be more about are they making shots throughout um, game four? No, no, they have to do that. Like you said, they have to make these hustle plays. They have to turn this into a scrap. They have to turn this into a dog fight. You know, there's going to be one of those games where your shot making is going to have to happen because you need to outscore the Warriors and their offense is powerful, right? But at the same time, like, you need to get in there, make things tough, multiple efforts. We've seen – and it's going to be one of those games we've seen from teams, you know, that have a lot of heart, like this Mavericks team does. That yeah, you know, talent-wise, matchup-wise, you may not be there yet. But, like, you can get in there for those loose balls. You can get in there for those rebounds, putting a body on guys, multiple possessions, having your home crowd at your back, you know, feeding off of that noise and trying to generate multiple opportunities to score and doing whatever you can, the defensive end to totally sell out and keep these warriors from, you know, stretching the game and taking it too far. So if that means from the onset, you know, preventing a large, uh, a big Warriors run. You know, the Warriors controlled most of the first quarter from game three. The Mavericks came back and made it close, but the Warriors kind of had it. So that probably means getting on top of it and, and getting on them from the jump or we're setting an early push, but they're going to have to have that dog in them that they've had all season and they've had in some elements of the series, but we're talking from a consistent 48 minutes of an opening tap like that that rough you know <laughs> to kind of get in mm-hmm. there and, and make it a game where it's like now nah, we are not going to go down without emptying every last clip we got you know without swinging every last punch we have like you are going to take the full metal jacket before we go down 100 percent agree and i mean ultimately just 28 percent from the three-point line and 40 percent from the field just isn't going to work they, they made 30 field goals and they were 13 of 45 from the three-point line alone i mean for a team that's that strength is shooting the three ball i think the first quarter is going to be very important for them to get off on a good note and not have to play catch up all game because i think if they have to play catch up it's going to be really taxing for them to come back and and get into the ball game excuse me and yeah even for luca i think luca actually had a solid game i mean he he had 40 11 and uh three assists but i mean i think those three assists would have been more like nine or ten assists had guys been making shots. And so game four, I think it it really does just come down to heart. It comes down, it, it comes down to just desperation. I won't say that it's over, but they do have a massive uphill climb. And when you think about the climb that they have, it's more so about the fact that has this roster maxed out on what they can do. And if this roster is maxed out, then you know, you you leave this series knowing I've given it all I've had. 
And that's all you can that's all you can ask for. I mean, for them to make it to the Western Conference Finals, I think is a victory in itself. But I don't want to write their, you know, their um, their eulogy. Just, <laughs> yeah, their eulogy. I don't want to write it just yet because I do think that they can get at least this next game, push it back to uh, Golden State, and see what they could do. Because at this point, it's literally I know it's a, I know the cliche is you know it's it's game to game, but for them, it literally is just let's just try to get one. We're gonna pour all our eggs into this one game and see if we can stretch out this series. And who knows what happens from there, but they definitely need this next one or they're going home. So you, you um, said it. For me, they got to make shots, but the, I, I think they kind of go hand in hand. The shot, ma- I, I think the hustle plays is mandatory, but the shot making is the most obvious thing that they have to do. So for me, first quarter is going to be huge. Are they making shots or are they not? And if they are, I think they're going to be on a good note. I'm with you on that. That seems to makes a lot of sense. Again, like you said, your back's against the wall. There is no other option. I made the joke for the Suns when they got blown out by Dallas. I said, listen, you know, Phoenix just got to throw this game in the trash can, pack it up Gary, for game eight. There's no game eight for the Mavericks. <laughs> like, this is it. So, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so, yeah. Well, with that being said, game four is tomorrow night, 6 p.m., and we will all be watching and rooting, hoping, hoping that they can at least get one game get this thing back to Golden State and try to make it interesting. So they're going to need to be clicking on all cylinders, that's for sure. So hopefully they can do so. And if they do, we'll continue to be podding about it and we'll continue to, to break it all down. So thank you all for listening. Please continue to subscribe and download the Sports Ethos Dallas Mavericks podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Ethos Mavericks. And you can also find me on Twitter at that's at LB Said It. Corbin, where can everyone find you? No, as always, man, appreciate rocking with you. Let's hope the Mavericks keep this thing going. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Corbin NBA. Everything I got going on there, Twitter and Instagram, Corbin NBA. Absolutely. So, you guys, keep your fingers crossed. Keep the cheers high. Everyone be safe out there. See you tomorrow night, 6 p.m. Until then, go Mavs.